0: All right, I'm excited. We get to get right into a brand new message series. A lot of you, especially ladies, maybe a couple of you guys, we'll pray for the guys if they recognize this title, all right? This is us, right? Anybody familiar with the TV show This Is Us? Because this has nothing to do with the TV show This Is Us. All right, my wife, I got to, yes, she is here. I got to be careful. All right. She uh, she likes to watch this TV show. I can't stand to watch the TV show because every time she does, she gets teary-eyed. You know what I mean? And I'm just like, you can't be doing that. We just, we we gotta have a happy home, not a sad time. But anyway, we're gonna get right into our uh, sermon series here. You can look in your bulletin. You're gonna have an outline there. You can go on also on the U version and see the outline as well. But uh, let, a couple statements. It's more blessed to give than to receive. Do we agree with that? How about this? This is us. Now, understand, this sermon series is talking about what we are doing moving forward, okay? From this day forward, what we're doing moving forward. I know what you've done in the past, and I'm very appreciative of all of that, but I believe that God's going to bring some revealing to you. I believe that God's going to speak to you. Listen, and if you're a visitor with us, um, I'm not apologizing for the message, but this is something that you need to take back to your home church. Okay? Something that you need to take back to your home church. If you're contemplating on this being one of your, your home church, praise God. It's, it, God just said it is. That's right. All right? God just said it is. All right? So I want to move forward in this, though. Um, but this is us. So here we go. We are, going, we are going to lead the way as a church, as the body of Christ, We are going to lead the way. Some of you have already looked through the bulletin, and you've seen the sermon notes, and you're going, today was a good day to sleep in. All right. We're going to do everything we can to make a difference with what God has blessed us with. Amen? Amen. How about this? It's inspiring. God. Amen? So what we're going to look at here this morning is, is this, and it's a statement. A lot of people get uncomfortable. When you talk about generosity, and the truth is, in our country, many people are truly not that generous. We're just not that generous. But what I want us to do here during this sermon series, and especially this morning, is to understand that giving and being generous are actually two different things. All right? Giving and then being generous are two different things. I mean, anybody can give. You can either give, what we're going to get into, with a cheerful heart, or you can give with a sour attitude, right? Yeah, some of you gave a sour attitude to your spouse as you were coming to church this morning. Others of you gave with a cheerful heart, all right? Think about that. Getting the kids ready, right? We know all about that in my family, you know? It's, it's church day, and it's hectic, and we're trying to get everybody together and get everybody here on time, and it's just like sometimes it just becomes a wow, a whirlwind. But we need to understand that it is better for us to be generous in our giving. Generous giving, they're, they're actually two different things. To be generous is to orient your life around the thrill of being used by God to make a difference. We're gonna look at a, a couple thoughts this morning about people in our country, all right? Most Americans don't feel rich. Watch this. You are. You are. When we compare ourselves with someone who has a lot more, we don't feel like we're wealthy. But when we compare ourselves with people around the world, we can actually acknowledge and we can actually take hold of that we are much more and far greater blessed. For instance, if you drive a car, all right, who who in here drives a car, right? Pretty much everyone over 16 years old. If you drive a car instantly, you're in the top 6 to 9% of the wealthiest people in the world. Apparently, that wasn't impressive to some of you. (laughs) Because when I read that, I was like, are you serious? (laughs) But let me repeat that again to you. If you drive a car, you're in the top 6 to 9% of the wealthiest people in the world. That puts you in the top 10%. Some of you are thinking to yourself, there's no way. There's no, I don't feel that way. Pastor Kevin, have you seen my bills? Have you seen my check-in account? My savings account is in the negative. Hello. All right, that's bad when the savings account is in the negative, right? You know, so what we need to understand is we have so much more than what we really understand that we have. Watch this. You got a car, all right, or you got someone else's car. <laughs> you drove, perhaps, watch this. Maybe this, this might have happened to you yesterday or it might happen to you today, but you drive past six or seven different restaurants to go to your favorite restaurant, You walk up to your favorite restaurant, or you and your wife get in an argument, depending on where you're going to eat for the night, right? I think I talked about that at one point, several messages ago. You won. You go to your favorite restaurant. You walk up to your favorite restaurant. Perhaps you're a little put off because you had to wait. Oh, watch this. Tragically, you had to wait five minutes to be seated. So you're put off by it, all right? You go into the restaurant, and, and, and they take you. Somebody leads you to a table. You don't have to find your own table, but somebody leads you to your table. All right. They sit down. You know what? you got a glass of water waiting on you. Think about this. Think about how wealthy we really are here. Think about the generosity that's been extended to us. All right. So you sit down, and you got your, 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 your water, but it's not, that's not enough. Because then somebody comes around to wait on you. And then not only do you have water to drink, but what? They offer you something else. Anything. Pick it from the menu. What would you like? Tea, soda, lemonade. We're going to leave it at that. All right? (laughs) You liked it. Watch this. You tell them what you want. What do they do? They leave. They go back to the kitchen. You don't even have to dirty a dish. Okay, yeah, you are dirtying a dish. You don't even have to clean a dish. Yeah, see some of you are like, "Praise Jesus." All right. <laughs> they go back to the kitchen, you get they come back out with your drink. They give it to you again. This is where this is where we live at, guys. Watch this. So they give you that, and then what? After you've looked at the menu, which is a choice of anything that you would like according to the menu, and some of you will do stuff, especially if you go a lot, you know, to your preference, you know? And so you tell them, you know what? I want this, and I want that, and I want this. And then you go through to each person. And what do they do? Oh, and do you want an appetizer? Well, of course we want an appetizer. So you got to order an appetizer, right? So then they go back to the kitchen, and while you're out there, they're preparing, while they're back there, they're preparing your meal. While you're having small talk with your family, the kids are being behaved perfectly, all right? You and your spouse are getting along just wonderfully. There's a lovely couple beside you. You strike up a convert, okay, we're living in the perfect world now, Okay. But anyway, you get my gist, all right? So they come back out. They present you with your food. They give you all of this. And, and, and then you sit down. You eat it. You enjoy it. They come around. They gather the plates up. They take them back. They wash them. The same routine happens for the next people that come in. What I'm getting at here is, is this. We have a lot to be thankful for. Amen. We have it so far more easy where we live than many others. I mean, check this out. Some of you right now, your home is set on 72 degrees. Nobody's living in it right now, but the A.C. is on, all right? Rather it's in the dead of winter or in the dead of summer, your home is set at 72 degrees. Some of you are like, no, it's like 68, all right? Whatever, you're frozen, all right? You know, you, you, you'll leave here, and, and you'll, you'll, you'll drive home and, or to that lovely restaurant that I was just talking about that you're going to go to. And you drive, and and you're driving in that car, which puts you what into six percent to nine percent of the wealthiest people in the world. That's how great we have it. That's why you know it's great to be generous. All right, there's reasons for us to be generous. And so we go, and and we're driving home, and we pull up. Some of you drive into a a, a home that's got a home for your car. Right, you hit a button. This door goes up. You don't even have to go out there. I remember back, you know, when I was growing up, my dad would have to go out there, pull up the garage door. You don't even have to do that. You hit a button on your car and the garage door goes up. And son, if that button does not go up, it's like the end of the world. We're calling the quickest handyman we can find to come fix because that button, it did not work, right? Yeah. So you drive in, you drive the car in, you hit the button again. Why? To bring the door back down. Some of you have two and three homes for cars, all right? Yeah, you do, don't you? Yeah. How about this? How about this morning you got up, got yourself ready. Some of you sat down, you had your coffee, or hopefully you did your devotion. You had some prayer time, I'm hoping, I'm praying. If not, I'm failing. So you're sitting there, and then you know, what? oh, it's, it's time to go get a shower. So you go get a shower. You got hot water. Praise Jesus. Yes. There's countries in this world where people don't have this, these benefits that we have. You know, Watch this. I don't mean to get gross on you, but you go to the bathroom. you got this button on your toilet that flushes your mess down. All right? Think about it. There's countries in this world where they just got a hole and it just sits there. Thank God for the button. It's the magic button. Some of you are like, this is ridiculous. It is. All right? But then watch this. Not only do we have homes for our cars, but some of you got like mansions for your clothes. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. No, the ladies are like, don't go there. We were cool until you went there. All right. What I'm getting at is we are, we we have so much. We are just that rich. If you ask the average American, are you generous? They're going to say, yeah, I'm pretty generous, but watch this. I got a statistic for you. We as Americans, only give 2.8% of what we bring in away. Think about that. You only give 2.8% of what you bring in away. Now watch this. If you have a household of $100,000 or more, you only give away 2.6%. Isn't that interesting how that number decreases? As Jesus followers, we are to be different. We are to lead the way with irrational generosity. What is that? This is us. This is who we are going to become. We as a church, we as individuals, are going to take on the responsibility to have irrational generosity. The reason why people don't give more is because of this. Let's be honest. Because they feel like they can't. There's a system called it's scarcity, and this is how it goes. It means that we don't have enough. It goes this way. I want to show you God supplies, and the first thing we do is what? Consume. And then what do we do? We fear. Think about this for a second God supplies, we consume, and then we fear or we lack. So, God supplies, we consume, then we lack or we fear. And watch this. Because we lack and fear, we consume more. And that's the reason why many of us live paycheck to paycheck. See, we've got this whole thing wrong. We don't understand that when God supplies something to us, we have a spiritual obligation and a responsibility that we must adhere to. God gives to us, but yet we spend what we have. We lack. We fear. We consume. We lack. We fear. We consume. We lack. We fear. And we consume. It's a cycle that every one of us, hopefully not every one of us, but many of us, allow to be part in our lives. God gives to us, but we spend, what we don't have. How in the world do we even spend what we don't have? That, that, that to me just even blows my mind. How can we just even make it? Again, I, I told you, some of you are going to wish you did not come this morning, and I'm, I'm really sorry about that. But God's going to change your thinking by the time the message is over. But we consume, God gives us, we consume it, and then we lack and we fear and we just continue over and over and over again. We say things like this. You know, I, I can't afford to, 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 to be generous. Um, I, I don't want to do that. Um, you know, oh, oh, and here's what some of you are thinking. Here we go. The church just wants my money. Watch this. The church doesn't need your money. God supplies us. Jesus' followers, we are to have a total different mindset. This is us. We are to give generously. We are to take on a cycle of supply, not a cycle of scarcity. We are to take on that what God gives us, we offer back to him. God provides more back, and then God again gives us again. That's the cycle that I want to live for my life. That's the cycle that I think every one of us in this room should go after for our own lives. Not the cycle of scarcity where God supplies and and what do we do? We spend. We consume it. And then we become fearful and we lack. And so what do we do? Some of you have this, this. This is your therapy. It's called spending money. You feel better when you spend money about yourself. You've been living wrong, so you're going to spend money to feel better about yourself. You're not giving and your tithings and your offerings, but you're going to spend money on stuff. Why? To make yourself feel better. And all it does is ends up bringing us into a trap spiritually in our life, as well as for your family's financial being. God says we need to break the cycle of scarcity within our homes and understand the cycle of supply where God gives us we give an offering back to him which we're gonna get into in a minute and then God supplies even more back into our homes yes. you know I remember this past message that I had spoken to you guys about this past sermon series where we talked about Solomon when he became king it was customary for them and I told you I was gonna kind of touch base on this during the series but when he became king it was customary for the king that at that point uh, get, you know, sacrifice a bull before the Lord. Well, he went even a step further. He became extremely generous to God, and in fact, he sacrificed how many? Does anyone remember how many bulls? A thousand. A thousand. I love the way Paul puts it, and this is how we're going to break it down in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7. <clears throat> Paul says it this way. In 2 Corinthians 9 and 7, he says, You must decide in your heart how much to give. Think about that for a second. You must decide in your heart how much to give. Notice he didn't say in your mind. He didn't say, uh, you know, he says in your heart you must notice. I believe we might have the wrong scripture here. My apologies. But he says in your heart... He didn't say in your mind, because watch this, the mind will play tricks with you. All right, the mind will. Uh, He didn't say in your mind. He said in your mind, because this is what you will do, your mind will tell you what you need to do according to what your situation is around you. But your heart will tell you what God wants you to do. Your mind can convince you of a lot of things. If we recall, what is the inner dialogue, inner, inner dialogue within our thoughts? We talked about that last week. What is that inner dialogue going? Is it a positive or is it a negative things? So our mind can play tricks with us and cause us to, 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 to uh, not do as what God is telling us to do. But he says in the scripture, each of you that you have decided in your heart to give. He goes on to say, to give what not reluctantly, Or in response to what? Pressure. In other words, if you feel manipulated or you feel pressured, then you just don't give. You just don't do it. Can we throw that scripture back up, please, of 9 to 7? He says, each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give. It becomes a heart issue in our giving. You show me someone who is giving generously, and I will show you a heart that is pure. But if you show me someone who is not generous in their giving, I will show you, they will show you in that moment a corrupt heart. And I don't believe that we as the body of Christ are to exemplify corruptness. I believe we are to be irrationally and and, and giving to the extreme. For God loves what? Can somebody tell me? A cheerful giver. Not, not a giver that's just like, I don't know why I'm doing this. You know what? Keep it in your pocket. My counsel's going, oh, oh, oh. God wants a cheerful giver. We need to be living our life enthusiastically. With some enthusiasm, with excitement. When it comes to giving to the Lord, we don't need to do it, oh. I don't know. I don't know if I can do this today. I don't know. I got a story for you in just a little while. I don't know if I can draw. I don't know if I can give to that person. I don't know why, but when I'm out at the, at, at the supermarket and, and, and God is challenging me to give to someone and, and, and to pay for their, you know what? God, I can't do that because I'm, I'm thinking in my mind, but yet God is dealing with your heart. I know a young man who was one day, this was here on the island, and uh, it was a firsthand experience. He was at, uh, I think it was the Family Dollar, and he was there shopping, and he came across a, a woman with her, ch- with her two children. And he looked at them, and they were putting things in their basket. And he knew that they couldn't, what they were gonna buy was such a huge stretch for them. And I, I remember him, him, him explaining that he felt this nudge inside of him. And he knew him to go ahead when he went up to the uh, cash register just to, just to tell the lady, you know what, here's money, put it on this person's bill. I'm going to leave and, and not even, uh, don't let them know it was me type deal. And so the young man was in there. Now, this was a battle probably for him, possibly. In his mind, he's probably thinking, this makes no sense. I, in my wallet, that's the last amount of money that I had. And that was the last amount of money that he had in his wallet that day. But he, know, he noticed that this family, and he knew of them, was struggling. So what he did was, he went up to the register, and he's still battling it as he's paying for his own things. And he used his card to pay for it, but he opened his wallet up, and he saw some money there, and it was $20. So he looked at the lady and said, here, give this, uh, whatever their bill is, put it on it. It was probably a week later. He he left. He said, Don't tell him it was me. He left. And he went on. He was, you know, a week later he was home and he was friends with this person on Facebook, and they messaged him this long message explaining, Thank you so much, because I know it was you. We're having a hard time financially, and what you gave really helped my family. You know, those are great stories, aren't they? I, I would say we could all probably in this room either we have given to someone like that. Or we have been given to by someone. You know, you hear a lot of times where people will what is that, pay it forward or something like that, where they'll go to a restaurant or they'll go to you know, a fast food place and, and the person will say, you know what, pay for them people's meal too. You know? Stuff like that is good. I believe that is the things that God really wants to see as us as the body of Christ to participate in. So when we give, we're to do it with generosity or we're to do it cheerfully. God will generously provide all that we need. He doesn't lack. We understand that. God does not lack. Sometimes we do. But when we step out and we give to others or we give back to God what belongs to him, God always provides full return and more back into our lives. You know, I'm reminded of the, of the, um, the boy in, 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 the, in the Gospels who was, was with the multitude when Jesus was with them. And, and the you know, disciples were like, we got to feed these people. And this little boy comes up with this basket. It's got, got some fish and got some loaves in it. That's all he had in that moment. And he's like, here, you know what? I don't know what you can do with this, but let's do it. This is an extreme act of generosity by this young man. Yes. He gives it. And, and what do we understand by that? You know, Jesus takes that. He blesses it. Next thing you know, it just keeps going and going and going and going and going and going. until so what? They're all fed. And what? Even more. Brings it back and there's leftovers. Yes. The boy has more at the end than what he started with in the beginning. Amen. That is a great lesson for us to understand, not just in faith and what God can do, but in generosity. In giving back to God and giving back into our communities. Scripture says that they share freely. And how do they do this? And they give generously to the poor. And their good deeds will be what? Remembered forever. You see, that is us. That is what we are going to become as a church. We are going to be a generous church that will reach into our community. And people are going to just be blown away by our offers of generosity. I'm going to be honest with you. Um, I had an a, uh, individual give me a call uh, last week, and uh, said, you know, it's, it's in the Church of God, in the organization, out, out, in, out west. He said, you know, we, we really need help to provide camp for our students out there. You know, we're in the Indian reservations, and we can't provide for them. We don't have the funding to do this. Do you think your church could help us out? Absolutely. When it comes to something like that, absolutely, we will help out. And I'm not, even, I'm not extending an offering this morning for it. That is going to strictly come just from us as a church as a gifting to this ministry. I believe once we start giving rationally, generosity, doing it with a cheerful heart, going above and beyond, God will provide back even more. Amen. Verse 10 in that scripture goes on to say... For God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread, what? To eat. What does God do? He provides the seed to sow. God gives us something to plant and then God gives us the resources back to see that grow. See, this isn't lack, this isn't scarcity, but this is an abundance. I believe that God is wanting to do the abundance in your life. He says you will be rich in every way. When we sow, God supplies. That's a great cycle by itself. When we sow, God supplies. When we give, God brings back even more. When we do this, see, we have a hard time understanding that because all we see is what? It leaving. It's leaving us. But what we don't understand is God is doing it this way. Look, you give. I'm going to provide even more. Watch this. Uh, A lot of you have retirement plans, 403Bs, Cs, or whatever they're called, 401Ks, IRAs, all these things. You're giving money out of your paycheck every week, biweekly, every month, whatever it is, however you're paid, to someone you have no idea about, hoping they multiply your money so that you have something in return later which is not a guarantee, by the way. However, when we give back to God, we don't have to hope for a return, but we can be assured with God there is a guarantee. When we sow, when we plant, when we put in, we will harvest that much more into our lives. Um. You know, we, we see with Jesus, Jesus, he, he, he said this also, um, you know, that it is for us two different times in, in Scripture for us to give, to tithe. Um, God gave, for instance, for God to love the world, what did he give? His only, His only begotten son. We give, what does God do? God multiplies it. You see, there's a responsibility that we have as the body of Christ. Abraham did this. He was the first to start this in in Scripture, and that was this, to tithe. 10%. 10%. That's what God instructs us to do. A tenth. God instructs us to give. And watch this. It's to be what? The first tenth. Not the leftover. Thank you. Not to, wait a minute, let me see what I can afford to give. Let's, let, wait, wait a minute, let's, let's plan out the bills here. Wait a minute, that's Starbucks money. That's got to go there. That's gas money for the boat. That's got to go there. That's, that's McDonald's money. We will pray for you later, just for your health. That's got to go there. Are you following me? God tells us it's the first. The first fruits, the very first thing we are to do is to give. Um, So number one, the tithe teaches us to do this. It teaches us to put God first. I have three thoughts on the tithe. And the first one is the tithe teaches us to put God first. Deuteronomy 14, 23 says this. The purpose of the tithing is to teach you to always put God first in your life. Putting God first in your life. Now, I'm 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 gonna, you know, some of you right now are gonna sit there and you're like, well, I tithe and I feel pretty good about it. Let, let's break this down a little bit. Five percent is not a tithe. Two point eight percent is not a tithe. Eight percent is not a tithe. What is the tithe? Ten percent. We try to convince ourselves or to trick ourselves. Or even what? Trick God. Look what I'm doing. Uh, you know, here's the story. This week is scary. Things are tight. You know, I can't do this. For me to do that, you know, it, you know I'm, I'm not going to be able to have my Starbucks. For me to do that, maybe, maybe the boat has to sit in the yard this week. You know, uh, for me to do that means, you know, maybe we can't go to Salisbury and go to Outback Steakhouse or Texas, God says it's to be the first percent. You know, I, in Malachi, it, it teaches us, and I don't have this scripture, so don't pull up my other Malachi scripture, but it teaches us that when we tithe, what we're doing actually is rebuking the devourer in our life. It's rebuking the devourer in your life. they the rebuking the devourer in your marriage. Rebuking the, rebuking the devourer in your job. Rebuking the devourer, uh, you know, that's trying to attack your children. Rebuking the devourer that's trying to attack our home. There's a, a biblical principle here that many of us, we, we will agree with and we will say amen to, and we will, yes, I agree with you, pastor, but few of us participate in it. And God challenges us and says, listen, you need to do your part. I'm wanting to do more for your life, but look, if you're not able to to, to fulfill this simple 10%, how can I pour out more into your life? This is a principle. This is what? Us putting God, what? First. Not last. Not in the middle of the budget, but the first thing. The second thing it does is it does this to us. It builds our faith. Malachi 3, uh, verses 10 through 11, says this. Bring the whole tithe into the the storehouse that there may be food in my house. I love that. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. He says this, watch, test me in this. This is actually the only spot where God says you can test me in. Now, there are a couple areas where he says you can challenge me, but here he says you can test me and this says the Lord and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing. Wow. Verse 11 says that there will not be room enough. What to store it. To store it. I got to tell you a story. And I had a conversation. I'm almost done, guys. I purposely made this one a little bit shorter. Okay. I'm going to tell you a story of a young man that I had a conversation with last Sunday. Him and I were in my office. And I'm going to tell you right now, you're going to get a financial series every one, one a year, okay? So understand that. It's not going to be every five years, every two years. You're going to get one a year. Because I believe in generosity. I believe in giving back to God. I believe in fulfilling the biblical principles that he tells us to do. And I believe we must be reminded at times because just like in everything else, we can become what? Lazy. I'm going to tell you a story about a young man who I had a conversation with in my office last Sunday. And uh, I actually took him in there and, and it was a talk about something unrelated to any of this. He had no idea that I was coming into this message are going to have any topic about this or talk anything about finances. But him and I were talking about different things, ministries, some things that he had on his mind that he would, you know, may want to do here in the church and different things. But two years ago, myself and Pastor Thorne, we did a sermon series called The Blessed Life. And it was on just what we're talking about, tithing, giving in the church, giving within our communities. And during one of the messages, I challenged him. I said, listen, I said, Challenge God right now. Just what the scripture says. Test God right now. Give and see what he does for you. Give and see what he does. Do the tithe. Well, I said that message, and then the next week, that next Sunday, this young man was coming to church. Actually, he said he woke up that morning coming to church, and he felt, I, I, need to, I haven't tithe, and I need to go ahead and tithe. So he says, but I, all I had, the amount to tithe was the amount that I have in my bank account And that's all the money I have. I have nothing else for the rest of the week. That's all the money I have. He said, but you know what? I remember, Pastor Kevin, what you said. Challenge God. Test God. So before I came to church, I went to the ATM and I pulled everything out. And I came in in the church that morning not knowing how I was going to survive, not knowing where any more money was going to come from, but I came in and I dropped the money in the offering plate. He says, at the end of the service... He's getting ready to leave two people in the church that he had done some work for that he completely forgot about. Didn't even know they owed him any more money, came up to him and handed him two checks. He got more. He didn't tell me the amount, but all I know is it was more than what he gave in his offering. Now tell me that God does not provide. Yes, he does. I bet if I went through this room right now, I could, I could ask a, a, a number of you, could throw your hands up, and you could attest to stories just like that in your own life. Where God has done the miraculous when what, you stepped out and just did what? Not stepping out in faith here. You're just doing the basic biblical principle. Right. Here, this is yours. It doesn't belong to me. It's amazing how God can do more with your 90% than you can do with your 100%. Amen. He will stretch it and make it go further and further and further, just like with the, the little boy uh, with, with the fishes and, and the bread. Yeah. It just and, and you get back, what, more. The third thing is this, the tithe. It provides for the work of God's church. I'm gonna be very honest with you. Malachi 3.10, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Now, I wanna ask you this question, and I want you to be honest. And look, if you're a visitor, you're probably not gonna raise your hand, and I get that. But if this church in any way has helped you in your life, spiritually, physically, whatever it is, I just want you to raise your hand. The tithe helps us to impact people's lives just like you. Without the tithe, without that offering, we can't do that. But understand this when I say this, we don't need your gifting. We don't need you to give. We need you to be generous. You see, anyone can give but it's about generosity. It's about fulfilling the biblical principles that God gives us. And that number one right here that we're talking about today is the tithe. So my question to you, and I'm gonna be very honest, very flat up to the point, no response needed, are you tithing? Are you doing what God instructs us to do in his word? Are you living the cycle of scarcity? Are you living the cycle of abundance? I believe if all of us in this room would break that cycle of scarcity, in other words, this, when God gives, when he provides, instead of consuming, what do we do first? We give back to him in our offering or our tithing. And then what does God do? He brings more back. Let's break the cycle of scarcity that says God supplies, we spend, and then we lack in fear. We must break that cycle. I believe then homes will be happier. I believe then people will be more cheerful. I believe more marriages will stay stronger. You know, I know a couple, and I actually, I knew them personally. And um, before I came in West Virginia where I was ministering, and uh, they had broken up, they had, they had split up, and, and I, I asked him, I said, well, what, what do you think was one of the causes of it? And he looked at me, everything fell apart, pastor, when we stopped tithing. Everything fell apart. Malachi, the scripture tells us that when we tithe, it rebukes the devourer. The devourer. We give, God multiplies, our faith grows, and then we're able to do what? Give more, because he provides more. I want you to stand with me this morning. This isn't hard. This isn't one of them salvation messages. This isn't one of them messages where you're going to leave here and be like, woo! It's going to be one of the messages, oh, oh no, hold on, oh, you know? We need those every now and then. We need those types where we're challenged. You've been challenged this morning. I could have said nothing but tithe, and that right there would have sparked the challenge in your life. Just that one word. You see, you see, I want to see your life blessed. I do. I genuinely do. I want to see your marriage be strong. I do. I want to see your career be strong. I want you to have the best that you can have. But I don't want you to do it on the expense of not giving God what belongs to him. We've got a responsibility as Christ followers to return a tithe back to him. We really do. We understand that it'll bless our families. It's going to bless us in our our lives, and it's going to rebuke the devourer, and it's going to do all these fantastic things. But even if it didn't, even if we didn't receive more, even if we didn't, you know, have this cycle of, of, you know, abundance in our life because of our tithing, we should still do it anyway, because what has God done for you? That's right. He gave his only son. That's all the payment that was required. Yeah. And he frankly didn't even have to do that. But he gave his only son for you and I. That alone is enough for me to tithe. Amen. That alone is enough for me to give to God. You know, when when we give, we don't need to be giving and and, and have a story like this young man where, well, I'm going to give now, and I know by the time I leave, God's going to just throw, it doesn't always happen like that. I've heard stories where people have given, and and a week later, they received a check that they weren't expecting in the mail. You know, it doesn't always happen that way. God chooses how he wants to do it in his strange ways. I can't tell you how it's going to happen, but I know he's going to provide I know that God can stretch a dollar a lot further than I can, <laughs> a lot further than you can. So, this morning, the challenge that has been given to you today is laid out right in front of you, and it's simple. We must break this problem of scarcity, this cycle of scarcity in our lives. We must break that. I want to see God's people live in abundance. I really do. I want to see this church. This is us, this is who we are going to be moving forward. We're going to be a church of generosity. We're going to be people of generosity. You know, I would say I'm sorry if someone got offended today, but there's no reason for me to say I'm sorry. Because this is the scripture. And I want more for your life. Let's pray. Father, we love you so much. We thank you for this day and your blessing. We thank you for your scripture, and we thank you for the message, Lord, that you challenged me to challenge them with. And that is, Lord, that this is us. God, we, we want to genuinely fulfill what your scripture says. And that is to bring back to the storehouse what your scriptures command us to, and that is the tent, the tithe. So help us, God, to not become lazy with it, but to step out in it. For our visitors today, Lord, my prayer is that when they leave and they go back to their home churches, if they're not already doing so, God, that they will begin to do that and pour into that church. For those who say this is their church, my prayer this morning, Father, is for those individuals, God, that they will do that and pour into this church. But, Lord, let them know that they're not only pouring into this church, but they're pouring into you into the kingdom. Because, Lord, when we receive this, we're able to minister, to touch people's lives and and, and even to send money elsewhere to other ministries so they can touch people's lives, God. So, Father, you've given us a challenge today. My prayer, Lord, my hope is that we accept it with a cheerful heart, that we understand what our responsibility is, God, as we give it to you this morning. So, God, with that said, we ask that you will bless the offering that will be given to you, the tithing, the gifting. May it be used to grow and to strengthen your kingdom, Father. And, God, as we leave this place, let the words of our mouth and the meditation of our heart Be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength, our Redeemer.